Welcome, good movie buddies, to another episode of The Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie, theater, popcorn, and other various movie snacks like a big old extra-large cup of delicious Coca-Cola or your beverage of choice because we ain't getting paid by Coca-Cola. It's literally whatever you want. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and with me as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, how you doing today? I'm doing well. We're uh, we're living in a, like we, we talked about last time, we're back to some solid movies coming out every week. Big movies. Something to get excited about, big movies. It almost feels like a... Almost like a summer month from that standpoint. It really does. November's been big so far. I mean, we had Thor. We got Justice League. We had Daddy's Home. I mean, comedies and blockbusters. This is big. Yeah. I enjoy it. One of the biggest ones coming out. And this is one of the few times that we're doing a sort of preemptive episode. But we're here to talk about Justice League. I mean, we're talking about two of at least two of the most widely known cultural icons in the world, Batman, possibly Superman, um, and all of the DC universe, <laughs> possibly, but possibly in big quotations. That might be the worst kept secret of this entire movie. I mean, he's he's featured in none of the marketing materials, and yet his symbol is in all of the marketing materials. So it's like. Of course Superman's coming back. And they even put him in, like, I know that's most likely a flashback scene or is a flashback scene. They put him in, in the, the trailer. trailer. Yeah. But he's even in the trailer. Like, yeah. Like, motherfucker's going to be back. But before we get into, you know, the movie itself, I thought it'd be a really good opportunity. Sort of everybody is taking stock of where what got us here. Some people are talking about superheroes in general. Um, but I wanted to do a little bit more focus on sort of the roadmap that brought us to Justice League. And unlike the Marvel roadmap, it's a lot shorter. <laughs> so we don't, we don't got to go through. We literally don't have to go through three phases. Instead, we really only have to go through like two or three movies um, because they really skip the line when it comes to cranking this thing out. But I, I didn't want to start with those three movies. I actually wanted to go a little bit before. Because um, I think, and I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I think this all goes back to the Dark Knight trilogy. I think it all leads back to the Dark Knight trilogy. Christopher Nolan's, I mean, genuinely, it's a masterpiece trilogy. Whatever you think of the Batman Begins or or the Dark Knight Rises, like those are really good movies mm -hmm. surrounding a, an excellent movie, you know? And, you know... The Dark Knight trilogy came out, and it was a, I mean, gigantic hit for Warner Brothers. Literally, like, two point five billion dollars worldwide just on Batman alone, and it really came from like Christopher Nolan wanting to essentially tell this crime saga, right, with Batman. Uh, and you know, they knew that they it was going to be a contained trilogy. That was Christopher Nolan's plan all along. They knew that they wanted to sort of keep it quote unquote in the real world so to speak or as real as they could make it um and they knew that it was going to end like warner brothers when i say they i mean quote unquote warner brothers they knew this movie was going to end right like, nothing gold can stay and i have to imagine that as they were realizing that they were trying to put some plans together you know um 
I don't know if you've done any of the reading up on on some of the failed Superman reboots, but there was a J.J. Abrams one that didn't get made, which would be seeing a J.J. Abrams Superman movie now would be very interesting. Mm -hmm. There was one that was going to be done by McGee, the director of Charlie's Angels and Determinator Salvation. Um, that ended up not happening mostly because McGee had a fear of flying and couldn't fly to Australia, which is crazy to think about. Um, but, you know, they, they I, I have to imagine that they were putting plans together. But one interesting thing that I think happened was Iron Man came out the same year that The Dark Knight did. Iron Man came out in May of that year. The Dark Knight came out in July of that year. And Iron Man came out and it basically ended with a plan. You had little things sprinkled in there that hinted at a larger universe. And it was essentially Marvel saying, I mean, it was a gamble at the time, but it was them saying, like, we have a future plan in place. And I don't think Warner Brothers had any of that. I think Warner Brothers was operating under the old school filmmaking mentality of we're going to make a movie and then we're going to make a sequel, you know? Um, but I think that when Nick Fury showed up in Iron Man, that that made Warner Brothers rethink everything. And I think that it made them realize, like, we're going to have to contend. Like, if Iron Man becomes successful and then the Hulk came out that year, that had Robert Downey Jr. in it. We're already starting to make connections. Like, if, if that movie was successful, Warner Brothers had to throw down. Right? Yeah. And... And I think that that sort of leads up to ultimately what came next, right? I mean, keeping Nolan on was a, was a major part of it. Well, I think the other thing that you, we didn't talk about or that you didn't bring up about DC's plan, and even with Christopher Nolan, is yes, it was meant to be kind of Christopher Nolan was wanting to do these three movies or that. Right. But the whole Heath Ledger dying threw a big wrench in kind of the direction that it was going. Not that they weren't still going to do those three movies, mm -hmm. but there was all sorts of rumors of like, was there going to be a Two-Face movie? Maybe not necessarily all that was done by Nolan, but like there was... Right. Dark Knight Rises would have been different than what it was, and would that have opened the door to continuing on this? I, I don't think Christian Bale necessarily would have been around beyond that but sure. you know it's a good it's it's a really movies. good what if because christopher nolan was like really if not i mean not only did he no longer have the character to play with but he was really affected by heath ledger's passing yeah so who knows and and we'll never know what it would have been there's all sorts of like little stories here and there of like what was planned and right. how it would have gone and how the joker would have been involved in the last one and all of that um but that obviously kind of spun them out as well because obviously that trilogy was money you know from that standpoint and so now Literally. you lost probably your best possible person you could cast for a batman like right. as much as like people like to pick it apart and you know make fun of his voice and all those types of things like no one at least no one that I know legitimately has issues with Christian Bale as Batman. No, no. From that standpoint. No, nor when he was cast. He was one of the few options, one of the few instances in which like fan casting, like all the fans were like, Christian Bale would be a great Batman. Absolutely. And it, and it was. And so it's it's one of those things too for DC where it's like you didn't get that, I you know, Iron Man came out and Downey was a great Iron Man as right. it turned out. And he was 
game for being around for 17 movies or 45 movies or whatever it was. Whereas like, you know, Christopher Nolan, Christian Bale, Heath Ledger, like they kind of like shot their best shot in the beginning with something that wasn't something that you could get 17 movies out. Christian Bale probably wasn't, isn't the type of actor that wants to hang around for a giant, you know, franchise from that standpoint. So uh, it was interesting to see. And obviously, I think also a lot of what DC and we'll talk as we talk to the movies right. has been reactionary to Marvel's success from that standpoint. Like, not that they weren't planning to maybe do like, you know, they've been making Batman movies forever. Sure. So it's not like it's anything new. Um, they've been making Superman movies for a long time, too. Uh, so it's not like they're going into untouched territory like in really i mean for the most part most of the marvel movies have been the first of their kind yeah just the way that everything is connected and everything's put together like they kind of ushered in the quote-unquote like connected universe but even the movies themselves while there's been like tv shows and things like that right you never had like an ant-man movie or really there wasn't like a uh, an Iron Man movie before Iron Man from right. that standpoint. Whereas Batman always has to battle with the fact that there's been a bunch of Batmans sure. before. Like Batman's almost more of like a James Bond type character where it keeps getting rebooted with a different person playing mm-hmm. Batman. And that's, you say that, I think that's the one of the best ways to approach superhero filmmaking is by using the James Bond model. Yeah. But Warner Brothers didn't do that. They had to, like you said, I think you used the exact correct word is reactionary. You know, they they knew that what they they had, what they loved, they loved what they had with the Dark Knight trilogy, and they knew that they wanted to keep Nolan on, um, and in some capacity, mm-hmm. like he was the Godfather of of, he's Christopher Nolan for crying sure. out loud. Why wouldn't you want to keep him on? Um, and him and David Goyer ended up getting together and. And bringing us Man of Steel. Pretty much, yeah. So, and and the thing about my Man of Steel, it, you know, for people just to kind of reach out, it was more of a modern take on Superman. Um, you talked about some of the failed ones, ones that didn't even off, get off the ground. Right. But you also remember not too many years prior to that, you had truly a failure in Superman. Superman Well, that was supposed to be a franchise itself mm-hmm. uh, that didn't get off the ground. Uh, and so, you know, other than Christopher Reeves, Superman, like it, had, you haven't had a successful Superman in a while. Right. But, and, but even then, like people think, people, oh, the old Superman movies. Listen, Superman one is pretty good. It's aged terribly. All Super, of them have they've aged, all aged terribly. But Superman three and four are dog shit. <laughs> like they're not good and, at all. And so I think they they said, well, and granted. I don't think Christopher Nolan would ever make a campy like superhero movie. No, um, that'd be really interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, you went kind of the Christopher Nolan route. Okay, what was successful for us in Dark Knight? It was, you know, more real from that standpoint a little bit. Um, I would argue that the Christopher Nolan Man of Steel still stayed a little. It didn't get as dark right. as what... Batman or the Dark Knight trilogy or even as we transition into Batman v Superman. (laughs) But it did give us, you know, kind of like Superman as an outsider. Like most of them, it was always like Superman just kind of blending in. Right. Like that was the traditional Superman in the cartoons and all of that. He was, 
you know, Clark Kent. He's the big blue boy scout. In, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, whereas this, it was more of like struggling to fit in and find his place and that kind of thing. Right. Um, it's important to note, though, that also let Christopher Nolan didn't direct the film. I don't, I mean, you and I know sure. that. But there's a lot of people who like Christopher Nolan was on as a producer. Yep. Um, and him and David Goyer got the script together, and David Goyer had a spin on Superman that was interesting as, like, an alien. Mm -hmm. Almost like, almost an immigrant allegory, you know? Um, and he was a producer, and they brought Zack Snyder on to direct. And Zack Snyder's no stranger to comic book properties. Nope. Well, and, and I think, too, you got the action that I think a lot of people wanted. Like, the thing with Superman action a lot of times is it, I mean, most people's beef, if you talk to someone, uh -huh. why they don't like Superman, if you go to someone who's a Batman person, uh -huh. it's normally because Superman's boring. It's like an easy button. Like, right. You always, like... He has all the powers. You know he's never going to lose. Like, there's one thing that works against him, and that's kryptonite. And it's like, it's not like everybody has, like, common crooks have a bunch of kryptonite sitting right. around, you know, that kind of thing. Right, so, and, and Superman, like, literally, you watch all the Superman movies... And like the, his solution to solving most problems is I have to lift it high. I have to throw it. I have, like that was the problem with Superman Returns. Like he didn't fight anybody, you know. And movie superheroes got to fight somebody at some point in time. And and so you got that in Man of Steel. Yeah, you, yeah. You oh, got yeah, you did a big battle. Um, but of course, living in the cynical environment that we live in, people had to go and find an issue with that right and everybody talked about the crazy destruction that right. happened which i don't know that they planned it this way but it seems like and this leads into batman v superman but like they kind of ran with that of like superman just like destroyed entire city almost entire cities and buildings and things like that in his fight which i have problems with like that mentality Sure, but that's kind of where we then lead into with Batman v Superman, which right. is like the, the backstory of it. Batman saying like, you can't have some you know alien god going around like blowing up entire cities and right. causing all this destruction. Right. Well, okay. Number one, I have to pause for a second because <laughs> I have to address that controversy. <laughs> like, okay, from a storytelling standpoint, Superman does not cause like a fraction of the damage that they think he caused. Zod is the motherfucker that caused Zod's big gravity machine. That's like just smashing city blocks. That's all Zod. Sure. That's not Superman. It's the villain killing thousands, if not millions of people. But also Zod is a trained general. Zod is a guy who not only is a trained general, he's a tactician, he's a fighter, and he's just getting used to his powers. Yeah, Superman might have a hold on his powers more, but he's a fucking farmer. And you're asking him to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with this general? And the biggest common excuses that I hear are like, well, Superman didn't do enough to try and save people. Motherfucker's in a fight of his life with a general, and he's going to stop to usher Mon Pa Kettle out of the way? Like, I don't think so. And then the other example is like, oh, Superman could have taken the fight outside. See, my point number one, you're fighting for your life. You, David, are who you are. I am who I am. We've never been in a fight for our life ever. Imagine if we, if fucking George St. Pierre or some, like Michael Bisping or some UFC guy came in and is like, I'm going to fight you. Like, 
I'm fucked. I'm, I'm number one, super fucked. Number two, I'm not thinking about like strategy. I'm thinking about survival. And, and I feel like, you know, you look at all of the, like Zod's the one who takes the wing building down with his heat vision. Zod's the one that kicks the tanker into the, into the building that knocks that down and shit like that. So I need to tell the fans and Bruce Wayne to chill the fuck out with that. One, one side note on this that I was thinking of too, and I agree with everything that you said. Thank but you. But one side note on that is it's interesting how, and I know it came before, but if you, and I know we're talking about movies, but if you think of like the CW and what they've developed, uh-huh. they kind of went and ran with the whole like outsider alien yeah. type of, of script too there with Supergirl. I know yeah. it's about Supergirl, but I mean, they're both kind of. Well, if we're, I mean, if we're being honest, that's the only way to make Supergirl and Superman interesting is you have to give them some type of storyline. And the most apt one is the fact that they are an outsider that when they are, Superman and Supergirl, that is their true selves. And the rest of the time, they have to wear the costume. But why did they take like 30 years to discover that? Uh, Because they didn't know how to make movies. I mean, we didn't even bring up the whole failed Tim Burton Superman movie with Nicolas Cage, which I'm very sad that we don't live in that universe. (laughs) But, But going back to what you were talking about, everybody was super pissed off with Man of Steel because like, Despite the fact that I feel like it had a really hopeful message, you know, um, everyone, oh, so many people died. So Warner Brothers kind of, like you said, took the ball and ran with it. They pivoted towards everybody's mad at Superman. So they made a movie about how everybody's mad at Superman. And they made Batman mad at Superman. And they literally used the fans' grievances to build the plot of Batman vs. Superman. Seems like a great idea. It's, number one, the worst fucking idea because the fans, and I include myself, are dumb. And we should not have a direct impact on the actual story that's being told to us. Like, we are, we are consumers. We exist to consume the stories that are being told to us. And if we don't like the story, then we won't go see it. But now it, it's become more about, well, if we don't like the story, then not only are we not going to buy it or see it, but we're going to go on the Internet to convince everybody else not to buy it and see it, which is whatever. But instead of utilizing the strengths that Nolan gave to Man of Steel and the Dark Knight trilogy, they really, really leaned towards, like, grim and dark being the replacement of what is quote-unquote real life like the whole example of like what would superman be like in a real world like sadly i think it's probably accurate i think if superman lived in this real world that you would have protesters and you would have people wanting to put regulations on him and things like that like we don't live in that bright shiny world anymore so while i think that it's probably pretty accurate like that nobody wants to see their heroes deconstructed anymore especially in the world we live in now we need those bright shining examples of what can be good and what can be true true justice in the american way and all that and i feel like pivoting towards real they completely lost their sight on on that with batman versus superman like just because it's grim and gritty and everybody's angry doesn't mean it's quote unquote real you know like they turned batman into a murderer literally murders 
dozens of people in the movie, and they turn Superman into a guy who's like, uh, should I be Superman? Nobody appreciates me. And nobody wants to fucking see that. You know, that's... I I mean, as listen, and I didn't mind the movie, but, like, that's a microwave popcorn movie to me. That, that movie's missed so many different opportunities not to mention it was two hours and 40 minutes long and they tried to tell four or five different stories with it like think about that you remember you remember the movie right you remember all the different parts of it oh yeah you're trying to tell the story of like does the world need superman which is an interest like how would the real world deal with a superman existing that's fine if you wanted to run with it but then oh we're gonna do batman versus superman we're not going to do any Batman movies. Fuck that. We're just going to have old murder Batman. And we're not going to do any more Superman movies. We're not going to let him get a chance to have his own sequel. We're just going to throw Batman versus Superman right into it. Then we're going to throw Wonder Woman into that as well. We're going to throw her into the mix. Then we're also going to do the death of Superman. So Superman hasn't even had a franchise to build up to the potential death of Superman. He's one fucking movie, fights Batman, Batman realizes he's being a dick, and then Superman dies. That is so frustrating to me because it's literally the second movie in their franchise. There are no stakes to that death. No. You know the, you know he's coming back. Well, they just tried to hit fast forward and said, we need to get to Avengers. And yes, I'm saying Avengers because they wanted to get to the point where Marvel was with Avengers. Right. But they didn't want to do any of the work and ground foundation to get there. No. So they said... You know what? Well, we we did a Batman or we did a Superman one, but we're we're so far behind. Let's just jump to Batman v Superman. We don't need to tell the the Batman story again, which I am fine with. Sure. Like they didn't need to give me the Bruce Origin Wayne's story. parents got killed and now he's finding a cave and turning into you know. I don't. We don't need that again. I agree, but you could have given him a story to introduce to. How did he get to Grumpy Batman? Right stage like right. and last we saw with batman he was the same batman we've seen in in most of the movies he doesn't kill he has not to mention the whole trilogy about is about how he doesn't kill the whole dark knight trilogy is about his one rule yeah and suddenly we get affleck which we can we can save maybe some if we're not over on time for our discussion on affleck Happily. as batman but you get a new guy and he's just grumpy batman that doesn't like Superman, right. kills people, basically has said, screw everything I've been about. And I understand, like, there's some foundation to this in the comics. Like, like and there's an old cynical Batman is interesting. And and I like it. But, like, let's know how we got to this point right. from that standpoint. And the same thing goes with Wonder Woman. Like, I'm fine with us having Wonder Woman in Batman v Superman. Right. But let's have Wonder Woman who she is before we get there. So it cheapens so much of Wonder Woman. And granted... Wonder Woman made up for a lot of this, and we'll get to that sure. point. But, like, that reveal of Wonder Woman would have been so much more exciting and so much cooler had we cared about who Wonder Woman was and even knew who she was. Right. The only thing you knew was you knew she was in the movie because we can't even keep that a secret. We're just going to put that in all the trailers. No, that's just literally in trailer number two. So, and then you go all the way to Death of Superman 2, and it's like, 
they packed Batman v Superman was two hours and forty minutes because they tried to pack like six movies into yeah. one movie. Yeah, they tried to tell. Literally, you could have divided that up into three movies. Like, how cool would it have been if we got a Batman movie that ended with him like rushing to Metropolis because there's aliens fighting, and then we get, and then we had Wonder Woman come out, and then we got Batman well, v and, Superman. And Batman v Superman should have been the movie right before Justice League. Right. But instead. We they, had Suicide Squad and Wonder Woman inexplicably in between. And Suicide Squad, and it's interesting you bring that up because Suicide Squad, like, Batman vs. Superman came out in April, right? And then Suicide Squad came out in August. So they had time to pivot the marketing, and they did. They made the marketing of that film way more colorful, way more bright. The trailer was amazing. Like, they cut a hell of a – they sold that movie wonderfully. Right. Yeah. But it really didn't pivot from the darkness. Like that movie's still dark. Like that oh, movie's yeah. still dark and gritty and grimy and kind of gross. You know, it's also a chaotic movie. Like in terms of structure, that movie does not have a second act. That movie has a first act that introduces the characters, then another first act that reintroduces the characters. Then suddenly they're on a fucking helicopter that's getting shot down and it's the third act. It's an hour plus climax it's crazy right now i will say that it does have two things that i think are going to really help dc going forward warner brothers and dc going forward one of the things that warner brothers and dc have done really done is they've cast their films perfectly thus far uh henry cavill is a great superman he's mm -hmm. got the look dude's jacked to the gills ben affleck is in and i don't fucking i don't i'll fight you i don't care if you're going to go for a grizzled veteran Bruce Wayne, Ben Affleck is a wonderful choice. Are there other choices they could have pulled out of the hat? Probably, maybe. But I love the fact that they got a big movie star to be your biggest character, your most well-known character, right? Gal Gadot, amazing Wonder Woman. And then all of the Suicide Squad, I mean... Margot Robbie's a great Harley Quinn. I would even venture to say that I enjoy Jared Leto's Joker because it's different. We've seen, like, crazy grandpa gangster Joker with Nicholson, and we've seen total chaos nightmare Joker with um, Ledger. This Joker feels like a modern-day, like, gangbanger. Like, he feels like the kind of guy who's crazy— but he's also very particular about the way that he looks. He's the kind of guy that wears the smiles and the purple and has the gold guns and the grill and the tattoos. And he's the kind of guy that would go to a business partner, here, have my girl, just to fuck with them. Because if you accept, you're insulting him. That's my girl. I'm going to kill you. And if you decline, what? You What, my girl's not good enough for you? I'm going to kill you. Like... There's an interesting part of that Joker in there. Will Smith bringing in huge movie stars. So I love the casting. But the other thing more importantly that it did is it started finally pivoting to the weird shit in the DCU. Which I really appreciate. Like it started pivoting towards suddenly there's a, there's Killer Croc. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, okay. Like this is no longer being real. There's a guy who is literally possessed by an Aztec fire god. A girl whose sword contains the souls of everyone that she's killed. They finally started getting weird, and I think that that's really important. See, and I like that, but again, they rushed it. Like, Oh, yeah. 
All like, of this is rushed. We introduced all these great characters in one movie, and a lot of them we'll probably never see again. Right. Like, like have some patience, have some restraint. Like, you have some great content, some great um, resources at your at your grasp, right? And you th- you freaking. Blow it all out in like three movies. Like imagine if that solo Batman movie had him fighting Killer Croc at the beginning, throwing him in jail, fighting Joker and Harley Quinn, and then we're introducing these aspects. Some of them, maybe not all of them. Like I don't know that Katana needs to show up in her own movie. No, no. Or Boomerang or something like that. But like a few of them we introduce early and then we bring them back. Absolutely. But they didn't do that. They jumped ahead. Now – those movies made a lot of money, but they could have made more. After And then we had a huge break. We had basically from Suicide Squad all the way to Wonder Woman. I think at that point, I think it was that summer, as Wonder Woman was rapping, like they knew, like, we can't do this gritty, grim, dark bullshit anymore. And I think that leads to Wonder Woman. Yeah, and, and obviously Wonder Woman, we've talked about a decent amount this year. It's one of our favorites from this year. Yep. Um, brought back the focus, kind of. They focused in a little bit more in that movie. I think uh, I would I would venture to say they benefited from getting some different voices. I know some of the voices were still in there, but they got a fresh director. Patty Jenkins um, brought her in. It was far less Zack Snyder influence, mm-hmm. and I don't have anything against Zack Snyder. No, his while he's got experience with superhero movies. He doesn't have the best, like, Watchmen didn't do great from that standpoint. It's also dark as fuck. Exactly. So, (laughs) like, I think think they needed to get some new life because whether or not doing the dark take on it was right or wrong is irrelevant. The fact is that the dark take flopped with how you did it with Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad. Right. Like, that... Those were unsuccessful movies compared to what they could have been. Right now, they both made should have been. They both made like three hundred million dollars. But like Superman and Batman, that shit should be making a billion five at the worldwide box office. There is so much more of a following around Superman and Batman than there is any of the Marvel characters, and I could argue most of the Marvel characters combined. Captain America, Captain America, like my knowledge of Captain America, and granted, you always have the comic book crowd that know lots about it. But com- Captain America, up until then, I remembered from a Super Nintendo game where you yeah. could play as a bunch of different characters, and he was one of them, and he was one of my favorites to play. That was my, the extent of my right. knowledge of Captain that America. That was their B squad because Marvel didn't have Spider-Man, and they didn't have the X-Men. That was their A squad at the time, and Marvel built their brand so that this is the A Marvel squad now. Marvel beat DC and Warner's. With their B squad, yeah, like with a B squad of characters because they put in the work at the gym, like exactly. they went to the gym for two years and they lost the weight and they put in the work. And like DC's getting lap band surgery, and I and I do think Suicide Squad was the reality check. And granted, Wonder Woman was already happening when sure. Suicide Squad came out, but I think Suicide Squad was the reality check from them from the standpoint, or at least I hope it was, from the sense of. We can't just throw a bunch of big name actors, a bunch of great effects and things like that right. and rely on popular characters to carry us like 
to a successful franchise right. from they, that standpoint. They made no, like they, you're right. Like they, we need to settle on a theme. We need to settle on what's the point of these movies. And like you said, Suicide Squad was already happening. But I think you're right. I think Wonder Woman was their opportunity to change it. Yeah, that. and so Wonder Woman brought back hope. It brought comedy, like actual, you know, enjoyable comedy. Like I didn't feel like I was in Zack Snyder's basement the entire movie right. from that standpoint. <laughs> um Heroes were treated as gods, which I would argue is the difference in other than Thor on Marvel. Like DC characters are like gods from right. that standpoint. Batman, yes, he's a normal human being, but like he's, he's revered from that standpoint. Yeah. Um, Superman is obviously actually a god in some form. Right. He's an alien, but right. you know what I mean. But these guys are um, big. They're 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 big, and we'll kind of get into this a little bit. But yeah, that's. A, but even like Flash, yeah, like. God of Speed from that standpoint, uh, uh, Aquaman, Aquaman all you know, of the water, lantern. like that kind of thing. So, I mean, so I think they brought it back in focus. I think you also, um, they stopped taking themselves so seriously of having to have this gritty, like what Dark Knight established of right. this real, like, and embrace the fact that really DC, there are some sort of outlandish, like, right alien type aspects well, they did a really good job of all that kind of stuff it. yeah they did a really good job because like we're in world war one like we're like this movie has death by gas and and war like actual war and there's nothing wrong with superhero movies having serious moments but like being gritty and dark for the sake of being gritty and dark is was just no but good it no almost more. i mean what if you think about it wonder woman kind of reminds you of the way that they approached the first captain america yeah in the sense that it was this older familiar setting war mm -hmm. setting that you knew a fine there was time, things maybe. like a dude with a freaking head that's on fire basically yeah you know aries yeah god of war though she fights the literal god of fucking war in yep. that movie and that's been all like dc has always their finales have always turned into like everything exploding around us and there's a big glowing monster that we have to fight but yeah you're right i mean they wonder woman absolutely brought us back on track and sort of gave everybody a cautious optimism. So from that point, that kind of that kind of leads us to talking about what to expect from Justice League or what are we expecting from Justice League. And going back to the analogy of Marvel versus DC kind of, you know, I think we've already established that DC wanted to cut corners with this, but I also think that this has oddly enough worked somewhat to their advantage because the corners that they cut they didn't it's kind of like tom cruise the mummy like tom cruise mummy didn't do that great and so now that whole dark universe plan is in limbo if mm -hmm. it even is going to happen i'd be down with it but like they made a superman movie that was pretty good they made batman vs superman was dark as hell they made suicide squad which was cuckoo bananas and then they realize, like, okay, we can change it. It's still early enough to change it. And so instead of Justice League being a culmination of films, much like The Avengers was, it's now an opportunity to, for a do-over. It's an opportunity for them to put their foot down and be like, this is what our movies are going to be moving forward. Um, and that's interesting you know I, I i you know there's certainly a little bit of blame i think that has to be placed on warner brothers and dc for that but it's interesting that we're getting this huge team up movie featuring some of the biggest 
characters ever in the history of storytelling, and it's a do-over. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, we know we kind of fucked up with the other ones, but but now we're bringing them all together. My interesting thing with this movie, and, and we'll get into more about it, but is we're kind of cutting corners again from the standpoint of we're getting Flash and Aquaman before we've had either of them in a movie, right. really. So it's like... I'm interested how much backstory we get to them and how are they treated in the movie. Now, I think there's two ways. There's one way to get away with it. If you treat them as, I guess, relative, like not the main characters in this movie, more as the sidekicks. Right. Like then I think you're, it's better from that standpoint. The issue with Batman v Superman was that Batman was one of the title characters. Right. And you didn't really get a backstory other than like, a small ode to the normal story that we already knew. Right. You got the opening credit sequence and then Batman is angry and murdering people and he hates Superman. So, and then you have suicide squad where <laughs> you told the backstory like twice to them other right. than in Deadshot. little vignettes, which yeah. admittedly were fun. They were fun, but you only needed to do it once. Right. Like from that standpoint. Right. And so, It'll be interesting to see how they treat Aquaman and Flash. That's my only concern about it. I'm excited about who they have cast, even though everybody loves the CW Flash. You couldn't really pull him into no, suddenly no. this. Uh, but I think who they got is is solid for sure. it, too. Uh, but that's more that's my biggest concern going into this. Like It seems like the action and all that is going to deliver, which hasn't really been the issue in this franchise either. Not really. Uh, it's been more the storytelling flaws that they've had an issue with. Yeah, the big themes and whatnot. And, and I think that that's... I mean, we talked about it earlier with DC. Like, literally, like, if you look at the art, if you look at the comic books, if you look at the movies... Marvel has always had a little bit more of a humanistic approach to their heroes. They're they're always they've always been flawed. They've all even Thor, you know, in the comic books is a flaw. Even though he's an alien, he's a flawed man who he doesn't even have an arm in the comic books now, you know, and he's unworthy and he's cast out and all those things. Captain America, Iron Man, Hawkeye, these are all humans for the most part, whereas DC, they are gods. They are mm -hmm. your modern pantheon, like Greek gods. You know, their modern mythology is the best way to put it. Because, yeah, Batman's a man, but he's mythological. But even when, like, Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman were getting beat by Ares at, at certain things, like, I don't think her hair ever got out of place. No. I don't think, you know, you even saw sweat on her brow from that standpoint. So it's like... Which is fine. Like like we said, that's who they are. It's the emotional stakes. And that's what I think Wonder Woman delivered, which the other ones didn't. Right. Like, even in Suicide Squad, like, you were supposed to feel for Deadshot and his kid and that whole storyline. Sure. But I didn't from that standpoint. And it's not, it wasn't the acting that was the issue. No. It was the fact that it was two minutes in a, in a two-hour movie that was fucking all over the place. Yeah. That it doesn't resonate. But that kind of comes back to, too, what I was talking about, how Wonder Woman stepped away from kind of Zack Snyder's vision, I guess, yeah. for it to some point. And so now you're even going into, like, Zack Snyder, as you look at, versus, like, Joss Whedon. Right. And kind of the difference of their two styles in general. Well, for those of you, for those who don't know, Zack Snyder had to step—Zack Snyder, I think, was his, his daughter— um, committed suicide 
And he stepped away from the project in the last month or two of filming and editing and all that. Because obviously you have to. And they ended up bringing Joss Whedon in to help with rewrites, reshoots. And apparently they did a shit ton of reshoots. Like apparently the reshoots make up 15 to 20% of the movie. But you have to think that Joss... Like one of the things Joss Whedon is known for is building a or being able to build a camaraderie with a large cast. Every single one of his projects, Firefly, Buffy, Dollhouse, Avengers, like all of the things that he's done, he's able to put a cast of characters together and have those characters mean something, even if they don't share equal screen time, you know, even if they're, some are more important than others, each one gets their moments. Yeah, you know? and I think even when you look at how Batman v Superman happened, like when Wonder Woman jumps in and helps, you know, like right. it's just kind of assumed. Like, there's no like, they just start working together. From yeah, that she's just there. Yeah, is <laughs> she with you? I thought she was with you. Which is a good joke. Absolutely. But like, there is no emotional stakes behind that. Yeah. You know, other than what we already know about Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, we know that they're supposed to team up. We know that they're friends and that they're in the Justice League. But you gotta fucking show your work, DC. Like. Yeah. You got to make it matter in your films. And I think having Joss in is going to make it lighter. It's going to make it funnier. And I think that, uh, you know, the marketing's been pretty good. And I think that you're going to see with the casting and then the way that they turn these characters. Like, The Flash is basically a smart ass, which is really exciting. And, like, Aquaman's basically a bro, which is also exciting. <laughs> um, Wonder Woman is royalty. You know, Batman is that, like, he's basically looking for redemption. The one thing that I haven't gotten, I haven't really gotten a feel for what Cyborg is going to be like. He just kind of seems like a robot, which I don't think is great. Yeah. Um, but you never know. So, yeah, Joss is... Oh, you mean we have... Oh, I forgot. We have another character that we're just supposed to... Oh, yeah. Get as we part haven't, of the team. <laughs> we, haven't, <laughs> we haven't talked about poor Cyborg this whole time, who is like... I mean, he's Cyborg. He's a robot. He's half man, half robot. That's it. I mean, I how long is this movie, by the way? This movie is actually shorter. It's only an hour and 19 minutes. It's not even two hours, And you've dude. got three new characters that you've got to introduce. That scares me a little bit. Uh, like, we've got to introduce Flash, Aquaman, Aquaman. and Cyborg yeah. to this. Plus, we already know, reintroduce Superman. Well, we already know we're not getting origin stories for any of these people. I know. Like... Flash is the Flash. Cyborg, we saw Cyborg turn into Cyborg in Batman vs. Superman when we watched a little tape. Remember? That's right. He was the body or part of a yeah, body yeah, on the yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, okay, that's how Cyborg happened. You know? And so, like, yeah, it's... You and me, I think we differ uh, from a lot of other people in the sense that we don't mind long run times. I'll take a two and a half hour movie if it's good and interesting. If it's time well spent, absolutely. Yeah. Bad right. Boys 2 is two and a half hours long, and that's the best two and a half hour... I fucking if we'll ever spend watching an action movie like listen if Game of Thrones said <laughs> this week's episode is two and a half hours no one would complain no. because they know that they're getting quality stuff and they're not having to wait another week with movies I'm not having to wait two years for this kind of right. to come out so if you want to make it three hours long I'm fine with that just make my time worth it so like not only are you not doing the work but now also because you put so much into Batman v Superman, you're not gonna make it as long, so you're do doing even less work. Like it's interesting. Yeah, it's and interesting. and I, and that's not the only controversy either. There's been a lot of controversies God, this about movie. this movie. So, uh, some 
I would venture to say none of these controversies are actual controversies, but many would disagree. There's there's a lot of news. We'll call it news that has people split on things. So first off, and I don't even want to give this a whole lot, but it just riles you up. So we'll we'll start I've... with a softball here. Oh great. <laughs> Uh, okay. first, a first, softball, according to the popcorn diet, a softball is just an easy topic that that'll set Rick off. Exactly. Gotcha. So this week, there's been a single picture floating around yeah. of the Amazons from that we a lot of them we saw in Wonder Woman. Yeah. And it's them in what is absolutely a posed picture of them that most likely is on set or something Behind like that. Behind the scenes, yeah. And they are wearing less clothing than what they were for the majority of the movie of Wonder Woman. Right. Their Wonder armor, Woman, Wonder, body, body Wonder Woman was directed by Patty Jenkins, Patty Jenkins, a woman, in case people don't get that from the name. Just in case. Um, and Justice League is directed by a man. Zack Snyder. Exactly. So... Everybody immediately goes to the fact that you strip down these women and it's objectifying and it's so it's not fucking accurate. stupid, dude. It's so fucking stupid. It's so stupid, David. So literally, literally, it is a still image from a movie that has not been publicly released yet, right? And somebody goes on the internet and they put the image of the the Amazon warriors fighting in Wonder Woman, full body armor, helmets, horses, all that shit. And then they take this still image that is taken from a behind the scenes shot with zero context and they put them next to each other and they try to sigh, quote unquote, sigh, I miss Patty Jenkins. Like, why do we have to have less armor and whatever? And I have two major fucking problems with this, okay? Three technically major problems with this. Number one, zero context. The person who started this on Twitter or the originating tweet or whatever the fuck that even means now hasn't even seen the movie yet. So they have zero context, right? And not only that, but they have been corrected in saying that the majority of these less clothing type outfits are seen in a flashback that happens thousand years ago, okay? So number one, context is key. Number two, so what? I stand by the belief that if you got it, flaunt it, all right? Now, and that's coming from an, I'm an overweight motherfucker, all right? And I'm not sitting here saying, I want my superhero to be pudgy. I want to see pretty people. I want to see pretty people in very small amounts of clothing. And even though, like, I love women, I can appreciate when Thor takes his shirt off. I appreciate that. I get it, right? Like, Thor's walking around without a shirt in, in Thor Ragnarok. I get it. I appreciate that. I, that gives me a thumbs up, okay? So... I don't understand why. Oh, cover them up. Cover them up. They're jacked. They are in the gr the greatest shape. They're in the best shape that human beings can possibly be in. Show off their stomach a little bit. Show those abs. They fucking earned it. And number three, lest we forget that Zack Snyder is an equal opportunist when it comes to showing off flesh. Nobody had shit to say when the 300 Spartans were fighting in goddamn diapers. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody had shit to say about that, right? And that is the most object. Like we're objectifying dudes and abs and chests and chisels and all that stuff. Nobody has shit to say about it. But then the second an Amazon warrior shows up and shows up in in a leather top and a leather skirt, oh, we suddenly have a problem with it. That's bullshit. 
Like that's just stupid to me, in my opinion. So context, if you flaunt it, got if you got it, flaunt it. And then Zack Snyder just likes showing off ripped people, non-denom. Man, woman, whatever. If you got it, I'm going to put you in a tiny leather outfit, and whoever's into that is going to be totally into that. I don't have a problem with that, David. I'm not going to say any more about it. That's, that's, I can't do it anymore. I don't have the energy for it. All right, we'll leave it at that then. Uh, moving on to the next Jesus. one. Your boy, Ben Affleck. It's been rumored. My boy. That he's, you know, he's kind of over Batman. He's, he's had enough, you know. He doesn't want it. You know, this comes back to the fact that, you know, I don't know that Ben Affleck was the best. I, I I had no issues with the casting, but if you're really trying to establish this franchise, you're looking for like who's our Robert Downey that's going to be in all these movies and help carry all these movies. Affleck doesn't really seem like the type that wants to play ball and and keep having to appear as the same person. Like, how many movies has he even made a sequel prior to Batman? Has he ever appeared as the same person in? The same role in multiple movies? I mean, technically, movies? he showed up as, like, the same person in um, Jane Silent Bob Struck Back. Well, there you go. So there's that. He's got a history of franchises, ladies and gentlemen. But, like, he was, like, Jack Ryan. Like, he was in that in a sequel. I don't have his filmography in front of you. Sure. But also, and you know what? You're not entirely wrong because Ben Affleck is a creative guy. That guy has a successful directing career. And that wasn't a knock on Affleck either. That no. was just, I don't see him as the type that wants to sit around and do 17 DC Universe movies. And 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 when you look at the rest of the cast, when you look at Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, the fuck else is she doing right now? Absolutely. When you look at Ezra Miller, you look at, at Jason uh, Momoa, the fuck else do they have going on That's right where now? everybody else fits to right. me. But he was the one that was like, I like getting the big name, and I think he could be Batman. Again, I think his Batman, where they jumped into would have benefited from a backstory, but that's the story of this right. side of the universe anyways. But my worry is that like he's got to wait till it probably at least 2020 before he's back in a movie. Like what's the state of Affleck going to be at that point? Unless they use him as like Nick Fury, like he pops up here, pops up there, whatever. Listen, I don't disagree, but I think they're paying him way too much money for him to just dip out. I think sure. he's going to be around for a little bit, as long as they need him. Also, because like Warner Bros. would be like, oh, Ben, hey, man, do you want to you please come be Batman again? We're going to finance your next movie. What movie you want to make? You want to make a movie set on the French Riviera set in the 1590s? All right, Ben, we're going to give you $100 million to make that. Please be Batman again. All right, so no deal to that one. Next, there's... Obviously, we don't need to go down the rabbit hole of, of all the crap that's coming out of Hollywood. Sexual harassment, should, allegations, all kinds of bullshit. That shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, right? unfortunately. Um, but there is the whole story that came out recently of Gal Gadot will not do Wonder Woman 2 if Brett Ratner's still involved in as a any producer. form. As a producer. Not a controversy. 100% down with it. Because guess what? Brett Ratner's not going to be a producer. Brett Ratner ain't going to be a producer at all. This I'm fairly certain this is already solved. Yes, Like, I'm absolutely. pretty sure I read an article. It's like, Brett Ratner's not producing it. This, not a problem. This this isn't news. Like Plenty of people want to throw their money into these movies. Brett, you're out, dude. You fucked up. You're out. Peace. All right, and then lastly, this one was something that just kind of came out. Yeah. Normally, Rotten Tomatoes, we've already started getting some reviews. Right. Um, people have seen it a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, premieres usually happened by now in that standpoint. Right. And so there's plenty of reviews kind of floating around. We get most of them kind of the day of. 
Uh, but this time, we're not getting anything from Rotten Tomatoes until the day before. The day before. Which is Thursday, when some people will be seeing it that sure. same day that it's coming out. That's super interesting to me. Personally speaking, I feel like it, it's just Rotten Tomatoes, meaning you're already going to see a release of reviews. I have a big problem with anybody getting huffy about this because if they base their main reason for seeing a movie around an aggregate number, then I genuinely feel like you're picking movies the wrong way. Oh, and I think it's a pretty small percentage of the population that's going to battle the crowds to go see a movie like Justice League right. the first weekend. Right. And if they're going the second weekend, Rotten Tomatoes reviews are going to be out right. for a long, exactly. for a while by that exactly. point. Exactly. But like, it's an aggregate. It's we've already established how Rotten. I mean, we've talked about critics in in previous episodes about how like even if I were to give like a C plus review that automatically takes it as as negative. And if you're dealing with binary positive and negative, you're getting inaccurate information. Listen, Suicide Squad still had a massive opening. Batman still Batman v Superman still had a massive right. opening and they were getting crapped on before they even hit so whatever. The release like, I'm still going to see I don't give a shit about what the Rotten Tomatoes score is. I'm still going to see it. Um now what one of the reasons I'm excited to see it is because like this is a it is a huge movie. This is them setting the ground for the future. So I'm interested to see what we haven't seen yet. You know, like the whole point of the like the whole villain of this movie is this guy named Steppenwolf, who is literally like the uncle of Darkseed, and Darkseed is like the big bad motherfucker in the universe. He's Thanos, basically. And the whole flashback sequence in Batman vs. Superman where it had the Omega symbol on the ground and Superman's evil and he's got an army and all that shit, it's all alluding to Darkseed. And so this is sort of like, you know, Darkseed is gonna come. Like, Darkseed is gonna be there. And and this is sort of like the prequel, kind of. <laughs> this is, And so I'm interested to see, like, how they drop Darkseed information, if they do, how they put stepping stones in to what the future is going to be. Um, because if they're just going to do a pivot on this, they're gonna, you got to put in those little those little tidbits. Well, and, and thus far, DC's been pretty heavy-handed with their clues to things. Like, yeah. Their Easter eggs have been like giant, massive Easter eggs. Like, right. It, it, you don't have to be educated on the comp- – like with Marvel, usually it was like a little thing like – you know, the first one that pops into my mind was, uh, oh, the two two characters that you saw, like, locked in the basement of I'm the Scarlet. Oh, what was it? Um, you talking anyways. Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. like, that well, one, like, you had to know those characters to know sure. that was them from that standpoint. Sure. Or, like, S.H.I.E.L.D., like, when Coulson showed up and he's like, I'm part of Strategic Homeland Intervention, and it's a long name we know. Like, that's, oh, that's, oh shit, that's S.H.I.E.L.D. Exactly. Like, oh, those what? were, like, you have to kind of know something to, to get those. But, right. like, D.C., it's been, like, we see, like, whatever, like, 
we point blank see it right there on the screen. Well, they like, yeah, they did it in Batman vs Superman where they're like, look, the Flash, look, Aquaman, yeah, look, like, Cyborg. Here's a folder that has it. Like and that inexplicably had all their symbols too. Yeah. It had all of like Lex Luthor put this file together, which is an interesting way to sort of introduce information sure. into the film. But he had the motherfucking Flash like lightning bolt logo yeah. right there. They they were pretty heavy handed. Like in you're their branding Easter them race. too, Lex. Come on, but that kind of leads into like. Okay, what other villains are we going to see? Lex is still out there, and Lex Luthor's the the criminal mind. He's the big bad, mamma jamma on Earth, and his his fight with Superman was always interesting because it was always mind versus brawn, mm -hmm. you know, uh, brains versus brawn, if you will. Um, so that's interesting. Like, will we see any allusions to the Joker? Will we see any other allusions to any other villains? Whether it be like Reverse Flash or um, Black Manta for Aquaman, or any of the other Batman villains or Superman villains besides Darkseed? Could we get Brainiac influences? Or not even villains. Like, what if we get other heroes? Because we're missing some heroes, homie. We're missing some, like, we're mi hey, there's no, where's, where's Green Arrow? Speaking of green, where's Green Lantern? Like, there's a lot of possibilities that we could see that have been leaked or alluded to, or maybe you're gonna see this, maybe you're gonna see that. So I'm interested to see what actually happens um, with that, with all of those things. Um, we'll wrap this up before we get too crazy here. Um, I wanna ask you big, kind of like the final question, but after seeing all of the marketing and all that stuff, like who do you think comes out the best once Justice League is out, whether it be a character or an actor or the studio, like, who do you think is going to break out and, and basically get the best knock out of all of this? Uh, I think it's I think it's going to be Aquaman from what I've seen. All He's right. the one from the marketing and that that I'm most excited to see outside of the fact that Wonder Woman basically was the big push for everybody to anticipate seeing her in there. For sure. And I think, you know, some of the reshooting probably involved her more than maybe she originally was, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. But I'm excited for that. Um I think I'm excited for Commissioner Gordon too, just because I love the casting. You know, I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> That's amazing. I was literally gonna, as a smartass, be like, J.K. Simmons is Commissioner J. K. Gordon. <laughs> say no more. That's hilarious. I was literally gonna say that same thing because that is amazing casting. Like, come on, how do you how do you not do that? Um, I think. Number one, I'm interested to see how Superman comes out of this because Superman, I felt, was one of the bigger characters to kind of get knocked down by Batman versus Superman. Like, he became this whiny emo, you know, uh, nobody likes me, should I even do this? So I'm interested to see, like, how they, A, how they bring him back, and B, how he comes back. Like, is, is he going to be, like, dark, evil Superman? Are we going to get the black suit? Is he going to have a beard? Is he going to have a mullet? Like, who knows? I think I'm with you on Aquaman. I love the Flash character. I love the TV show. You and I both watched The Flash yeah. on CW. It's a great TV show. I'm kind of digging what Ezra Miller's doing with The Flash. Like, I like that he's kind of this wide-eyed, smart-ass, like, teenager, like, college kid who's just like, oh, my God, you're Batman. That's your signal. We got to go. 
that's exciting. It's almost like Spider-Man in the new one. Sure. And that worked out really well for them. So, you know, hopefully hopefully that works. I'm excited to see what the Flash does, especially because we have potentially Flashpoint coming. Yeah. Which Flashpoint is a whole other thing where the whole universe gets changed. Which, like, great idea, guys. Like, establish a universe and then make a movie that changes the whole thing. Regardless, I know I'm going to see Justice League. I'm excited for it. I know you're excited for it. Yep, and we'll have a uh, we'll be telling you about it too next week. Next week. Next week, we're actually gonna have an article up on popcorndietpodcast.com, kind of detailing this whole walkthrough the same way. So you can read that article, you can listen to this podcast, basically the same thing. Um, but also, you know, do us a favor as always. Wherever you're listening to us, like us, rate us, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your kids, tell your wife. And then do us a favor and follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Popcorn Diet. But for David Melhorn, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy. We're going to see Justice League, and we'll be back next week with our reactions. And hopefully you have some, too, for The Popcorn Diet. Adios.